The Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is brought to you by Sweaty Ears. The Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is also presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook by using promo code RTRS. And brought to you by Mortgage CS. Become a Mortgage CS Ricky VIP at MortgageCS.com slash Ricky. Big Barker Therapeutic Dog Beds. Get yours at BigBarker.com slash Ricky. Cornblow and Cornblow, the official law firm of the process. And Kinetic Skateboarding. Get 9.1% off your first order with promo code Dave Silver on the show today. Former Sixer, Mac McClung, wins the dunk contest, even though he's not even in the NBA. Pat Bev talks some shit on someone on the Sixers. Adam Silver introduces more AI initiatives for the NBA, which we will get Mike's reaction to. An off-season star hunting idea, and we do an AMA from the Sixers and rights to Ricky Sanchez Reddit. I did mention kinetic skateboarding. Not just skateboards, not just sneakers, not just gear, all that kind of stuff. Snowboard headquarters. All snowboards purchased at Kinetic get free tunes, waxes, sharpens for the life of your board. Now, if you didn't buy yours there, you can still use Kinetic as your snowboard headquarters. $45 for a next day tune, and then regular price is $35, which takes two or three days. If you would like to get your snowboard tuned at Kinetic Skateboarding. Give them a call 302-477-1533 or message them on Twitter or message them on Instagram. Fly the process is coming. We are about a month away. Fly the process in Los Angeles. We will see Sixers versus Clippers. We will take over all of Los Angeles. We will be hundreds of weirdos that they have not seen in Los Angeles, East Coast weirdos, real pains in the ass. Uh, we only cause real trouble. We don't, we don't cause weird trouble. We don't cause any real trouble. But it is our first West Coast fly the process. We do it with fans of Philly who take care of everything for you. You get the flight. You get a, a great hotel, which is very close to the Staples Center, or what's it called now? The Crypto Center or what? Crypto Center? Yeah. Is that what it is? Crypto.com Arena. We will be really close to the Staples Center. We will have other events over the weekend where you can hang out. Or if you are with a loved one, you just want to take in Los Angeles for the weekend, you can do that. It's the next to last weekend of March. And if you are already in Los Angeles or you need a special package that is not coming from Philadelphia, like you don't need travel or something, send an email to joe at fansofphilly.com. Otherwise, just send a, or just go to rightstrickysanchez.com slash fly for more information. We hope to see you there. First ever West Coast fly the process. Uh, and we don't know for sure that Joel won't be there, but it's usually typical that Joel doesn't play the game. So, so go with an open heart in that way. Um, speaking of Ricky sponsors, Mike's going to be in town for a bar mitzvah next weekend. Is that yes, one of my, one of my many, one of my hordes of nephews bar mitzvahs. Yes. Can't wait to get that kid, uh, uh, financial assistance in college when he is yep. ready for it. A couple years. Yep. So Thursday night, there's Sixers, Knicks, and Mike will be in town for it. And we decided we want to do a pod after the game, but instead of doing a pod, like, where are we going to be? So we looked at our sponsors and the stateside has a bar at 1700 Hancock Street in Fishtown. They were nice enough to stay open for us. This is not official live Ricky. You may not even be able to hear us. We may just be sitting there. You may have to sit quite as a mouse like you did in the hotel room when we were on Fly the Process in Minnesota, but we will be there after the game, however long it takes us to get there, and we're going to do the pod after Sixers Knicks over at the Stateside Bar. Thank you to Stateside, by the way, staying open for us. They're normally closed by 10 o'clock, so uh, we will see you, if you'd like, that night. Mike rarely 
East Coast, so we have to take advantage for it, of it. Um, and last thing, just a, a thing from me to you. You know, Rebel is my 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 loved dog. I love Rebel, and Rebel was adopted from Aruba. And uh, my wife and I went on our honeymoon in Aruba, and there's all these stray dogs everywhere. And luckily, there are. Um, wonderful people in Aruba and then wonderful charities in the States who match you up with dogs and then find volunteers to fly the dogs up to America. Rebel, before we got him, was fostered by this wonderful woman named Aletta Dupin, who lived in Aruba and would take in all of these fosters and find homes for these fosters. Still, to this day, nine years later, Aletta sends us messages checking on Rebel, making sure he's doing okay. Um, Aletta was diagnosed with a, a disorder called dystonia, which makes it almost impossible for her to walk. It's a, like a neurological disorder. Um, and she's cool as shit too. She would be out everywhere, traveling all over the place. She used to ride a Harley and she is like wheelchair bound now, but she can't go anywhere because she does not have a vehicle that can fit her electric wheelchair. So there is a GoFundMe for her. Um, she is a, uh, I, I've never met her in person. I've only seen her uh, via FaceTime and messages, but just a, a kind soul to not only save Rebel, but so many animals. And I hate seeing her in this condition. So there's a GoFundMe to get her a vehicle that can uh, house her electric wheelchair so she can go places like she is used to doing. We will put it in the show notes. We will put it in the chat. Um, she needs like $20,000, a lot of money. So if you can donate anything from $5 or $10 to her, it would mean a lot to me, to my wife, to my dog. Without any further ado, Amos and the Chef. Welcome to the Rights Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a guy who's got more nephews than the radio edit of a Snoop Dogg song. That is one, Mike Levin. Here we go. All-star break. Yeah. We're relaxing. We're on a beach in Indiana. <laughs> Let's go. Indiana. What a, I mean, what a reward for the NBA players to go to a freezing, boring city as, as a reward for being one of the best 24 players in the NBA in the first half of the season. Amazing for them. <laughs> I would be I would be charmed by Indianapolis. I guarantee my simple ass would be charmed by Indianapolis as a city. Never I been. Have, I have it. to tell you, I am. I, I do not need big city. I'm not Mr. Big City guy. The people are very nice. There is nothing charming about Indianapolis. I'm sorry. It's just it is sterile and boring. Um, no offense. Sterile. It, it is sterile. It's like a mall. It's like you're in a mall. It's so weird. Anyway, I didn't explore a lot of those, only there for two days, whatever. They were very the, nice to the us. The rivalries with cities are just racking up, by the yeah. way. Yeah. <laughs> Denver was getting lonely up there. Yeah. So 
uh, and we, we were doing this podcast on Sunday. NBA Saturday night was last night with the three-point shooting contest. The dunk contest won by Mac McClung, former, sort of former Sixer. Yeah, former, former Sixer. Who's not, former sort of Sixer. Not <laughs> actually. Kenny Smith, Kenny Smith was like, someone's got to give this guy an opportunity. And it's like, no, they don't. Wait, no, here's, they straight up don't. Here's his opportunities to be like the, the yeah. resident, you know. They, he needs to be a circus freak. Honestly, for for these things, they should just fucking for the skills competition, get dudes from the and one mixtape tour. If 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 guys in the NBA are gonna be like Anthony Edwards, it's just like I'm gonna shoot left-handed the whole time. Like, and if and I give Jalen Brown credit, even though they purposely gave him scores that he didn't deserve so they could get more stars in the dunk yeah. contest, which is exactly what happened. I respect him doing it, but I'd rather just get guys that are fucking great at the things that they're asking them to do and watch them and then watch the fucking NBA players on the sideline going ape shit, holding up 10 signs is what I'd rather see. So go get somebody who can actually compete with Mac McClung rather than Jalen Brown. Yeah. I, the, I generally don't love the dunk contest, but I even l- less enjoy the uh, discourse about the dunk contest yes. after the fact. Yeah, that's got to got to end and it's over and you know all that kind of stuff. Yeah, ultimately, again, this fucking the scoring drives me crazy. I have been asking. I don't know if you remember this for years, for as long as this podcast, for before this podcast, I was like, the scoring system shouldn't be single digits, nine and 10. It should be an average of the big 50. And they finally did it this year, which didn't help. (laughs) I was like, it's going to help. It's going to be great. But everyone's just like, I guess 48, 49. And it's like, guys, if it's a 49, it's like one of the best dunks you've ever seen. Yeah. That's just straight up not the case. Fred Jones, grow up. You know, you know, you're lying. Dominique, come on. You know, I actually think I, I, here's the, they'll never get it. But conceptually, here is the problem with how they score it. They start from 50 and they work down. Yeah. You got to start from zero. Your base is he missed the the dunk. The dunk should be an 11. Well, if you start from zero and have to get to 50 rather than start from 50 and are are docking people points, then then you're it's going to be harder to get to 50 and you're going to wind up with lower scores and a real 50. Like, look, Mac McClung junk, jumping over Shaq, like that's a fucking 50, I think. I think that is fair. I would have given a, a 10 that. But there's very few dunks that are of that level, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. There was a... Yeah. And the skills competition was... was I, the passing is at least kind of fun because there's more movement there. And the shooting is always pretty decent. Um, but it should be weird. It should be more like carnival stuff. It should be more like, let's see how athletic these like weird guys. I don't know. The, the, like, the fact that they still do the dribbling thing is just like, <laughs> it's so uninteresting. They don't try it very hard. There's some like, are Maxi getting dinged for going the wrong way? And it's like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like that's Stupid. not, it doesn't matter. Uh, but it was, it's, it's cool. I mean, it's cool to see Maxi out there. Yeah, it's fun. He's like, you know, he's, in in the circle of NBA of you know the larger circle of NBA royalty now like it's it's crazy and thank you Mike Muscala obviously as we must all say but like just what a what a delightful young man did you see the video of Jalen Brunson outing him as a Cowboys fan outing Maxi yes no I didn't see it but I mean you know he's from Dallas uh, CJ can you find that video well because it's a funny video they're about to go out and it's so funny because Maxi is having such a good time. And I think, I don't know if the person asked what, what Brunson's favorite 
team was, but Brunson's favorite team is obviously oh, Eagles the Eagles. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he just fucking out of nowhere, Maxie's next to him. He just outs Maxie, uh, and Maxie's trying to hide behind him. Um, let's see. Yeah, if, I mean, he's from Dallas. If he was from like some, you know, random ass place and just happened to, or from like Hershey PA or something like that. And he's a Cowboys fan. Then you'd be like, hang on, man, like grow up. But, uh, but no, here we go. Here we go. See you. I'm I'm Eagles fan. I want y'all know. Are you Eagles fan? We got to go out. We got to go out. See, y'all love the Eagles. We love the Eagles. You from Dallas? No, hell no. I'm not gonna like you. We from the big. Bergen. So there you go. Jalen Brunson. I love Jalen, dude. If I if I went to Nova, and I, I root for Nova, I know, I know Philly people, a lot of Philly people don't. I kind of, since I didn't go to any of the uh, big five schools, I kind of just root for all of them. Okay. Um, if I went to Nova and I was a Sixers fan and I saw how many good Villanova players were succeeding on the Knicks... I would, would be crushing. I would I would have lost my mind by now. Yeah. Mikhail Bridges trade, obviously, passing on Jalen, um, who went in the second round. DiVincenzo, who was who was gettable, Josh Hart, who was gettable. I mean, some of those guys I was, you know, begging for during the draft. Well, Josh Hart, I think, was very high on both of our big boards at yeah. the time. Yeah. But it would yeah, it would it would it would drive me crazy. I would fucking I I'm not saying I'm going to do this, but if I was a person that went to Nova and did this, I probably would be, you know, sending murderous gangs for Brian Colangelo and Anzej Pisechniks. I think Dante DiVincenzo was on my YouTube big board too. Yeah. I mean, I'd have to, play. I know Hart was, I don't remember if Brunson was, but I definitely yeah. know DiVincenzo. But Brunson is awesome. The three point contest, not, not necessarily his, his no. place, but, no. uh, but he's awesome. And he's so fucking good. It's crazy how good he's gotten. So before we get out of the, oh, and uh, Joel Embiid uh, tweeted about the dunk contest. <laughs> I'm a professional hater, but I'm not hating when I say I could win the dunk contest with these scores, but not sure the knees would allow it, LMAO. That's the good tweet, the good posting, uh, Embiid. I like that one. He's so, going good. Surgery's going good. He'll be back before we know it. Yeah, we'll see. So I, I needed to get your take on this. There was a presentation before NBA Saturday night. I think this was Friday with, there's a clip that the NBA put out with Adam Silver and Victor Wembenyama. And boy, it is just, it's one of the worst two minutes of oh, no. I video. didn't watch it. I just saw that it existed. And oh, you've like, got to, you've got to uh, see it. So, so, all right, here we go. Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame who is asking for this? This like is Mount Rushmore of who's asking for this. Yeah, certainly Mount Rushmore of who's asking for this. And we'll watch the video, but I need to lay out in words what he said that you could do if, to put it on the Mount Rushmore of who's asking for this. Go ahead. I know from our earlier, earlier conversations, you love technology. You're a bit of a hobbyist yourself. To me, I often think the NBA is like a great movie. By the way, what's your favorite basketball no. movie? Um, I like that French movie Hoosiers. Um, <laughs> I mean, the coach kind of reminds me of Coach Paul. You know what? Let me trade myself. Okay, go for it. NBAI. Play Hoosiers. Peut-être que tout le monde avait raison. Peut-être que nous ne sommes pas à notre place. On les aura, les mecs. Victor, um, 
That's actually applause. An American film. Parts of it, you know, it's based in Indiana. Parts of it were filmed right down the street here. Mm, no, definitely French. <laughs> you know what? I'm kind of a fan of Spider-Man. Do you think we could watch an NBA game like it's a Spider-Man movie or something? Uh, well, you know, NBAI is new, but we'll try. So, NBAI, show me the Pacers game as if it were a Spider-Man movie. Ooh. Generates, generates in real time. <laughs> Loading. With the game. That's right. You can watch an NBA game like it was a video game from 2004. <laughs> By the way, the first thing is so amazing. NBA I can do something Siri's been able to do for 10 years, can play something, and then it can make your... Mike, haven't you ever been watching a basketball game and saying, I would love to combine this basketball game with the green mile or the saving private Ryan, your favorite movie. What the fuck? Who needs this? What a bunch of dumb fucks. What are they doing? It's uh, so dumb. <laughs> it's, it's really like, and I've written some stuff like this when you have to like, okay, these two non-actors are going to do a little skit. Yeah. Yes. Right. They're going to do a little skit and it's going to be a little bit funny <laughs> and they're going to really sell these jokes. Um, and it's man, they're stiff, man, they're stiff. Uh, who wants that? I can't imagine ever conceiving of a moment when I could want that. <laughs> the closest thing that I do, that I do like and want is the Nickelodeon Super Bowl stream. Yes. Like, right. And that I get when you don't care about a game, you're like, let's watch somebody get slimed. Uh oh! On, on the court, Mike has his uh, his reactions on. Go like this, Mike. Do it. There oh, it is. Boy. Perfect. This is what we Mike do. Now, we're, now AI is chiming into the podcast. <laughs> Mike doesn't usually use his laptop, and he's six, using his laptop, which six, has the <laughs> six six six. Great. This is all good, and it's obviously enhancing the experience for everybody. This is good. As oh a basketball God. fan, I want to be thoroughly distracted while I'm trying to watch the game. If you could just actually make my screen bright red. How about this? So I can't see like there's blood just coming down the screen. They're like, Hmm, we can't get any of the good players to participate in the dunk contest. We can't get them to try during the all-star game. I know we could work on those things, but instead, what if we introduce technology that definitely won't happen, won't work, and on top of it, nobody would even want if it did. No one wants at all. <laughs> hey, Siri. Hey, NBA AI. Can you use uh, the Schindler's List filter to watch this <laughs> Pistons-Wizards game? I was going to do Schindler's List, but I, I decided not to. <laughs> bleak, man. Really, really, really bleak. Incredibly hey, instead bleak. of instead of like training refs to not be the most gullible freaks on the planet, like... <laughs> Can we just do some like computer zazimataz? <laughs> Is there any way we can get more zazimataz in this game? Ridiculous. <laughs> who is this? Who is this for? No one. Uh, Adam Silver, what are you doing all day?
What do you do all day? Well, he's writing that sketch. Yeah. I, hope, I hope that was WGA sanctioned. I hope he's in the guild. I hope he's paying dues. <laughs> the rights. That, well, I hope I hope uh, Weminyama is paying dues as well, who is now an actor. Well, yeah, SAG. I'll talk to SAG. Yeah. Talk to our friends at SAG. Uh, somebody said, Tom says in the, in the comments, it's specifically for Daryl. Oh God. Daryl probably fucking loved it. Oh Daryl probably bought that moment. It's on a some... useful tool. Yeah. It's a useful tool. Fucking useful tool. Ridiculous. Daryl minted that moment on some dumb fuck Bitcoin site and bought it. The rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is brought to you by Mortgage CS. Mortgage CS, here is a review. They've, I was looking at their Google reviews. They now have 350. They're all five stars, a five-star average. This one came from Diana. Everyone at Mortgage CS was fantastic to work with. The team helped us with financing our first home, and they made the process as stress-free as possible. They took the time to answer every question we had, no matter how simple. We really appreciated how quickly they responded to emails, texts, calls, et cetera. We would highly recommend using them. They stand behind their name, Mortgage CS. CS stands for Concierge service. They are a local independent mortgage broker, independent, so important, knowing that their only dedication, their only responsibility is to you. Some of those huge mortgage brokers have deals with banks that you don't know about. This is a true thing. So when they're looking for your, for your mortgage, they may send you somewhere that benefits them more than it benefits you. That's not what you want. You want Mortgage CS. And like Diana said in her review, they are there for you whenever you need them quickly. So much so that I will give you the CEO's cell phone number. It is Ben. It is 267-391-7425. That is 267-391-7425. They will be there for you whenever you need them, wherever you need them, late at night, on the weekends. You need a pre-qualification letter because you found the house of your dreams and it's Thursday night at 8.30. They're going to be there for you. They, uh, every person, every Ricky person who has, has worked with Mortgage CS has been thrilled. They can also work with you on refinancing, spring Housing market's going to be crazy. Having a good mortgage broker in your corner is important. Also licensed in tons of different states, as well as PA, New Jersey, Delaware, Maryland, but California, Colorado, Massachusetts, uh, South Carolina, Virginia, Washington, all over the place. We love Mortgage CS, and we're so proud and happy that they are a partner of ours. Go to mortgagecs.com slash Ricky to schedule your consultation or call or text Ben, like I said, 267-391-7425. That is 267-391. 7425. Text him just to see if he'll respond to you quickly. I know he loves when I do that. Even if you don't need a mortgage, see if he'll respond to you. This advertisement is not a commitment to lend or extend credit. Mortgage CS is an equal housing opportunity mortgage broker. All loans are subject to credit approval. Certain restrictions may apply. Company NMLS 1464766. Visit mortgagecs.com slash Ricky for more information. So- Hey, hey NBAI, can you, can you do a, a basketball game? Uh, give me a free throw as if it's been shot from children of men. Maybe that'll spice up trips to the line. <laughs> if the human race was evaporating before eyes, because no one can have children. What about that? Come Thanks. on, NBA, NBA AI. Ridiculous. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. So a, a former Sixer, Pat Bev, you know, Pat Bev in his time here in Philadelphia gained a lot of popularity, I would say, with the fan base. He seemed to love Philadelphia. He, we commented regularly that he was more proficient offensively than we thought, but his whole attitude was very funny for Philly and everyone sort of um, 
everyone gravitated toward that. So he was traded to Doc Rivers and the Milwaukee Bucks, but he still has his podcast, which is with Roan. And I should say that or, or everyone will get mad if I don't say it. He did have some things to say about a conversation he had on the phone with Tobias Harris about the difference between Milwaukee and Philadelphia in terms of the teams. CJ, why don't you play that for us? Bias on the phone, he's like, yo, what's the biggest difference? I'm like, everybody wants to win. Everybody wants to win. Everybody wants to win. It's not about stats. It's not about numbers here. It's not about who gets the ball. Everybody here wants to win. So I'm reading, but Bias on the phone, he's like, yo. So there you go. Love imagining Tobias on the phone asking that. It's it's borderline none of that happened. Uh, but Pat is a straight-up wrestling character, and I love him for it. Yeah, He's selling his podcast. He's selling himself. He's doing great. And he did absolutely produce on the offensive end for this team this year. Trading for a second-round second pick after signing for the minimum is a solid pickup, especially in light of Kyle Lowry actually coming. Like, that's just... That's just good business, you know? Mm-hmm. I was worried that Lowry wouldn't come and then we'd be left with just the worst team, but Lowry coming solidifies, like, solid stuff. The idea that, like, look, yes, the 30 and 10 shit for Embiid, we, especially in that next game where Embiid came back in when they were down 1,000 and everybody looked bad, like, yeah, that was ridiculous. And then he missed comp games. Like, that was a joke. That sucked. Um, but the idea that, like, this is real. And not just him. Do you think it's just shit talk? It's shit talk. Yeah, of course. Of course it's shit talk. Also, they're like three and seven since Doc got there. Like, they lost to the fucking Memphis Grizzlies starting Vince Williams at point guard. Gigi Jackson taking like 27 shots. Zaire Williams having the game of his life. They lost that game before the deadline. And then Doc said, or before the the, uh, All-Star break, and Doc said that some, some people, some players were on the court and some of them were already in, what do you say? Cancun or one of the other? uh, Cabo. In Cabo. And it's like, Doc, you got here a week ago. You are already talking shit and throwing (laughs) your players under the bus. It is on fast forward, the Doc Rivers experience. It, what a joy, man. What a joy. What a joy to be experiencing the Doc Rivers bucks. And I'm not ruling out the possibility that they could absolutely stab me in the throat and beat the Sixers in a playoff series. But would be I tough. am loving it. Would be it. tough it would, for us. I mean, I would never. I would, I'd be doing the podcast in the dark, upside down, naked. Like, I wouldn't, it would be like such a, be, I'd be so beyond consolable. Um, but, as, but for now, absolutely for now, uh, loving Doc tanking this team and then talking shit and blaming everybody else and, and coaching the All-Star game tonight um, and, and keeping the money for himself probably... And Adrian Griffin stewing, got to be just stewing about all this. They're a worse team with him. Not to say that Adrian was a good coach, whatever, but man, it's the Doc Rivers experience and everybody, uh, everybody, everybody gets there eventually. I think Pat Bev is, is simply trolling as well. I, th- yeah. I think he liked Embiid. And by the way, I think there's a non-zero chance that Pat Bev is on the Sixers next year, actually. I think I, I I don't think that's impossible to be to be honest with you. So, unless the Bucks win the title and Pat Bev hits a big three to get him there. So, what do you, you think know about what? the what about the about the um, Pat saying that Daryl told him he wouldn't be traded? And well, why? he he sort of 
circled back on that and said that he loved Daryl and said that there were no, there's like no harm, no foul on that. So I, I, I think he understands. I think he was just shit talking. And I, I, I think in, in text that looked worse or clipped that looked worse than it really was. Like, I don't, I don't get the sense that Pat Bev is, is actually upset about that. I don't think he is. I don't think he is. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I just, I just start to, as, as with the Harden situation this summer, like reputations in like popular culture, politics, whatever, like just get landed on somebody mm-hmm. and whether there's uh, some modicum or like on the spectrum of truth to it, like once enough people say it, it just becomes the thing. Yeah. That Daryl Moore is a liar now. That Daryl Moore is a liar and he's going to yeah. fuck you over. Like that, like, context kind of gets taken out of that and now you know maybe the nba is insular enough that there's you know agents and people within the league office that can push back on that and stuff but what trickles down to the players is just like hearing that stuff and going like no i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go and deal with that because he'll fuck me over and so that's just a concern that i have because i generally don't trust like enough people to seek out or provide nuance and context. Um, so that that's something I'm a little bit worried about because it's just like if enough people say it, people just start believing it. Yeah. I don't, I, I think it, man, if you could have found two players in the NBA that not that other players don't take what they say seriously, but like the ju- biggest grain of salt in history, I think James Harden and, and Patrick Beverly are, are two holders of giant grains of salt. By the way, yeah, for different reasons. By the way, if this Sixers lost to the Bucks, I would be NBA AI. Like, could you merge this game with Full Metal Jacket and please allow me to watch NBA AI? Can you stab me in the throat with <laughs> shards of glass from the backboard? <sighs> Before, be, so we posted that would be the worst time. I don't know that I could continue the podcast. That might that might break me. That might be the end of it. It would be. I pretty- would do one final podcast to see for everyone to see how for all the non-Sixers fans to watch and see how absolutely wrecked I am. And then I would walk into traffic. It would be pretty dark. It would be a dark podcast. Yeah. No doubt. So posted on the Sixers and writes to Ricky Sanchez, uh, Reddit for ask me anything questions. We will get to it right after a couple of voicemails that we have left over. One, I wanted to get your thoughts on. I think I know what the thoughts are, but I, I want to hear it anyway to uh, 833-LICKFACE. Hey, Spike, Mike, CJ. Uh, this is TJ from Baltimore. Uh, I'm calling to ask about what you guys think of some rumors, I guess, speculating that Trey Young is available or at least more available than he's been in the past. Um, Obviously, you've been keeping our cap space open and our picks to make a big move this summer. So I was wondering what you guys think of going after Trey Young, the, the potential defensive issues with Trey and Maxi, what a trade would even look like. And also a non-basketball question. Do you think that the Patrick Mahomes glazing after the Chiefs won the Super Bowl is better or worse than the Brock Purdy glazing would have been if 49ers had won instead? All right, thank you, guys. So, Trey Young. I mean, I I like Trey less than you, but more than I'm pretty like centrist on Trey more than the the general conversation that he's, you know? Yeah. 
But I think he's an incredible player. I think he is um, a system to himself in the in the James Hardeny way. But it is bizarre that the Hawks are not good relatively consistently, except for the one year that uh, the Sixers allowed them to get to the conference finals. Um, and Trey is good enough in even in the in the uh, playoffs last year when like. They they took two games from Boston mm-hmm. um, in that matchup, and they're he's he's like a singularly tough cover, but like they should be better, and the vibe should be better, and they're pretty consistently not, and so I think obviously a Maxi Trey Young combination is not right. Um, defensively, they just get worked so bad. But what is the right system for? Trey to succeed at like consistently higher levels. Like I would, I'm very intrigued by him go- going to San Antonio. Um, but like what th- Atlanta did get a bunch of big wings, like big defensive minded wings and, and like lob threats for him. Uh, obviously Capella and Okongu were like easy lob threats. And the big wings being like DeAndre Hunter and Sadiq Bay and you know John Collins, even to some extent, also a lob threat. And could Jean-Tay make the Murray, like could make the argument having better shooters there would be. Yeah, but they like, they like Bogdan. Like I, Sadiq is a good shooter. Like I just, it's just why is it not work? Like what do can, you? What is missing a, there that is can, not making them at least somewhat good? Can I offer a, a theory? Yeah. Like, yeah, I've I've slandered James Harden quite a bit, but we can all agree that James Harden in his prime was a singularly great offensive player. Like probably not not the greatest offensive player of all time, but nobody is as great in the way that he was great as anyone. There are so there are players in the NBA who are great singular offensive players, but maybe like because I think of Trey and I think of Luca. And while Luca's teams have been slightly better than the Atlanta teams, he has made one Western Conference Finals. Trey Young has made one Eastern Conference Finals. Luca flat out missed the playoffs last year. This team has played better recently, but still, like, still nobody thinks of them as a real title threat. I just am not sure that having a perimeter player take that many possessions and that much usage is a recipe to win a title. And like, I just think it takes such specific players to be okay with watching one guy do that over and over and over and over again and have your job be relegated to either rim running or standing in the corner. I I just like, I don't know if you get enough buy-in from everyone else and if it keeps everyone else involved enough to succeed at the highest level. And I I, I actually don't see very much difference. Obviously, Luca is a better player than Trey, but I don't see any difference in the issues that they have, like when you're team building and to win a championship. I I, I just think, I think it's very tough to win that way. And yeah, I, I don't disagree. They're, they're top 10 in offense each year, at least the last four years um, That since Trey's been a third-year player. It's, it is a lot of like, how, what is right for the vibe is the like 
easy way to say it, but like culture and mm-hmm. general disposition of the rest of your team. If someone is controlling the ball so much, yep. Like, how happy can you make the rest of the team when you're just like everything, every decision has to be made with the ball in my hands? Um, I'd also say like Trey obviously has incredible range, but his shot selection from three has always bugged me. Yeah. He's never been like a great three-point shooter. He had one year where he was good. Here's his six seasons in the NBA. 32.4, this is from three. 36%, 34%, 38%, 33.5%, 37%. And, like, and that's on how many attempts a game? Ten? Uh, on average, seven and a half. Oh, now, he's okay. never been over nine and a half. He shot as a sophomore, but nine okay. and a half is the most. Most of it's been six, six to eight. Um, he's... Obviously, like as a passer, as like a distributor, as a just like get easy shots guy, he can get whatever he wants, but like he really settles a lot. And if you're going to be that guy that's so, so easily picked on defensively, because he just he can't stand up to anything. Now he's got quick hands, like he's averaging a career high in steals this year, one and a half a game. Um, but he's just so easily picked on. He's so small, so easily pushed around, and just, and also not that engaged off ball then you really got to be like one or two offense so that defense, you can be like 12 right, or right, 13 right. and they're, and they're too bad on defense and not quite good enough on offense consistently to, to earn it. So, yeah, I mean, I think eventually some he'll find success somewhere. I, I would be intrigued by him with, uh, with San Antonio, but I, I, I don't think I would want him here. Certainly not. Certainly it would like, piss off Embiid like 100%. Yeah, they're both too high usage, like two guys. You could make this the, the argument with Embiid, by the way, same way. So, though Embiid has had more success singularly than Luca, I would say as a hub of a really good team, Embiid, but that's because Embiid's a, a good defensive player as well. Yeah. So, yeah. the Rights Ricky Sanchez podcast brought to you by Big Barker Therapeutic Dog Beds. Get yours at bigbarker.com slash Ricky. Shout out to Kirby, the dog we were fostering for about a week. He still does not have a, uh, a forever home, by the way. He is at um, St. Hubert's in New Jersey. If you're interested in adopting Kirby, please do it. Like the fostering thing is tough, man. You get a, a dog in your house, you love them, and then you send them back to the shelter. It, yeah. That dog's got to get fucking adopted, or it's gonna it's gonna break me. So he's yeah. a good dog. Uh, he loved his big barker. Rebel loves his big barker. If you love your dog, you simply must get your dog a big barker. Do you care about your dog? Do you care about your dog's health? Is that is that part of the job of being a, a dog owner? Of course it is. Big Barker makes a difference in your dog's health. It supports your dog's joints. It's a real bed, as opposed to those ones that you you probably have that you think looks comfortable, but is really not good for your dog's joints. Looks like a big pillow. You wouldn't want to sleep on a pillow. You want to sleep on a bed. Think about the the difference if you sleep on a bad mattress at the Airbnb or a hotel compared to your mattress at home. That is why it's important that you get your dog a Big Barker. There's a big difference. Go to bigbarker.com slash Ricky. You do there. You get the the Ricky upgrade, which is two process pup patches. You can select from any one of the a million different colors they have, different sizes for different size dogs. Some with the headrest, some without the headrest. Looks good in whatever room it is, and and has been proven by a study by PenVet to keep your dog healthier, keep your dog's joints ready to go. Older dogs, arthritis starts to creep in. Older humans as well, but I don't need a big bark. I have my regular bed, but if you, 
you have a dog, you need to get the dog a big barker, bigbarker.com slash Ricky. The foam doesn't flatten or they replace it for free with their 10 year warranty, a one year at home trial. If you don't like it, they will give you a full refund. They'll even pay for the UPS to send it back. It is handmade in the USA. Big Barker dog beds. Um, before we get to the Reddit, I think there is a there's a new Doc Rivers video uh, quote surfacing that I think we need to play for us. I have not have not seen it. It has been sent to me three times from three different people during the pod. So here we go. Hit it, CJ. It's with Rachel Nichols. This quick switch yeah. from the end of last season to then the broadcast booth and now back here yeah. and to have to be here this week as opposed to just home figuring oh. out the team. Well, I should be home anyway. Yeah. Uh, since Griff is the one that got this in, in all honesty. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just it's a lot. I mean, Rachel, you, I talked to you three weeks ago. Yeah. This was not in my plans. Um, <laughs> I had committed to taking a year off. I had mm. two other teams that had already called during the season and I, we wouldn't even take the interview. And, uh-huh. you know, but this one came about and I thought that um, just the fact that it was the, the teams from where I went to school at yeah. and the type of team. Yeah. So, yeah, it was just, it was a lot. And, and you know, it was like I was joking. They put me on a clock. It's not like I had a week to decide. Yeah. So it was a tough one. Yeah. Can I ask mm. who the other two teams were? No, no. <laughs> I thought it was worth a no. try. But it was good. That was a good try. So, Mike, your thoughts? He was, he was committed. Now, do you think when the other teams called, he was like, hey, I'm too busy stabbing Adrian Griffin in the back. It's a long <laughs> process. I've already built, I already have three weeks into letting the owners know that, look, if you think about moving on, I'm yeah. actually not doing anything. Do you think that was the issue? Yeah, I mean, I only have so many stabbing hands <laughs> at once. Uh, really good. <laughs> he's He's just generational in what he does. NBAI, show me a lying piece of shit. (laughs) I mean, he's trying to like appear magnanimous to Griffin Griffin. And Mm, not going to work. I, I need, I would really love, there's so much like coaching brotherhood type stuff that like they're, they never, there's not that many coach beefs anymore, you know? Mm -hmm. Yep. Would really love like a some outlet, whether it's Chris Haynes or or like the Players Tribune or whatever, for like Adrian Griffin to really go off <laughs> on Doc Rivers. Would be fucking excellent. That would be quite good. I would like that very much. <laughs> um, because like you were brought in to consult, which also is weird. Yes. You shouldn't be allowed to be a national commentator and when consulting you're like, one specific team. And consulting one specific team like a fucking lobbying firm from like the UAE or something. Like what is <laughs> what is going on? Like don't don't do that. You shouldn't be allowed. Also like ESPN's paying you enough, man. They've got to be paying you so much fucking money. Like you shouldn't be allowed. It should be you should have to you should have to reveal that, disclose that. Yep. Um um, they these so many fucking rich people just love giving their money away to absolute grifters yep. that are very obviously uh, pulling one over on them. And he's good would at. Would you it. say? Like would you say that sort of thing about Pop though? No, <laughs> I guess you're right. I wouldn't. I guess I guess you're right. I wouldn't. But and also Doc, like he always does a great job of picking what team. he does. Not go to just random team. No, 
he doesn't go to, he's not going to go coach like the blazers right now like he's not going to he's not going to take even for as much money as, as they could have given him he's not going to take monty's job in detroit he is going to go to a team that has at least one top four player all the time yeah and he succeeds at that i would love to know i would love to know if even let's take him at his word that there were two other teams that called i would love to know what they were who is who is who is hearing doc on the broadcast and going like god he's good god his insights are great he's a a a forward-thinking mind i could really get this get this together we got to get adrian griffin on the pod no he's not coming (laughs) he's not coming to us uh, but somebody should somebody should talk to him. Somebody Ask me him any quest anything questions from AMA. A good mix of Ricky Lore Sixers questions, so on and so forth. I will just go through the ones from both from the Sixers Reddit and the rights Ricky Sanchez Reddit that bunch that got upvoted. I did skip a few that I do not think were appropriate, though were funny questions. First one: Can we finally get intel on how we know James Harden has lots of sex? Um, Sorry, the answer to that is no. Wow. Yeah. I know I Mike truly, would like it as well. So. I do I do want to know how you believe you know that. I don't think he has lots of sex. And <laughs> he definitely I, does. And, and I know I know it. And I will not I have I have said on this podcast that I refuse to hear how you know that off the podcast. I need right. to hear it with the people on the podcast, or I don't want to hear it at all because I don't believe it. My hint would be this is a very vague hint. My hint would be that it is through somebody that we talk about on the podcast as well. A different person we talk about has never been a guest. So there you go. Could be okay. could be a million different people. It's not Daryl Morey. It's not Daryl Morey. It's not Daryl Morey. Just he's so been a, people. He's been a guest. Yeah. Oh, right. He's been a guest. Okay, next one. And I'll, I'll leave this up to you if you want to so do So Michael it. Rubin is texting you videos from his <laughs> literal movie of James having sex with Again. People. Okay. I am. I will not comment on any guesses. I just wanted to get out there that it wasn't Daryl. I don't buy it at all. I don't buy it for a goddamn second. Okay. He likes to be alone. He likes to go to parties <laughs> and then be alone and per- yeah. be perceived like he's having a lot of sex. Specifically does not enjoy a, sex. He's a lonely guy. I'm not saying he doesn't enjoy it. I'm not <laughs> saying he doesn't enjoy it. I wouldn't say that. It'd be yeah. ridiculous for me to say. Mm-hmm. I'm saying he wants to come across like a guy who has a lot of sex, mm-hmm. but he does not. Okay. This comes from 76 positive on... There's too much work in sex. You're moving around a lot. He doesn't like to move around that much. He likes to stand still. Who knows? He's not just laying there while she's on top of him. I don't buy it. I don't buy it for a second. Like a fat guy, you know? I don't Can't buy it move. for a god- goddamn second. Fat mob guy or something. Um, fat, fat mob guy. <laughs> fat mob guy. <sighs> Sorry. I've been, I've been reading some mob stuff lately. Uh... This comes to 76 positive. Give us just a little hint about the secret ban. Go on, just a little one. Do you want to give a hint? No. Okay. <laughs> Why well, want to give a hint about the secret ban? I will say this. I think, I think it'll, I think it'll, it, there's no hint that wouldn't make it pretty obvious. Yes. Here's the only hint I will give. It's going to be obvious. No, it isn't. Two people, of all the people that have guessed, and there have been hundreds, Two people have guessed correctly privately. I will say that. That that did a lot of sleuthing and sort of like listening 
and and two people were able to do it. One is in our, in fact, I will say the Ricky Zone, here's his weekly mention, the Ricky Zone, Jason Lipschitz did figure it out <laughs> privately. And then another emailer who I've never responded to has also figured it out. So uh, this comes from Still Ballin'. Who would win an Still all Ricky? Yep. Who would right. win an all Ricky arm wrestling contest? I would imagine the field being Spike, Mike, CJ, AU, Mike O'Connor, Zoe, and the Danny. Of course, Abby would be there as well. I know what my choice would be. Mike, who do you think wins it? I don't know. I've never met Dan. Oh, yeah. He, I think he works out a lot. All right, then maybe Dan. I would say Dan or Zoe, Zoe at least talks about being at the gym a good deal. <laughs> And I don't know if he, I'm not saying he doesn't. I'm just, cause I haven't been there with him and Grind he that. is, he is physically a big person. Yeah. I don't so, know. Yeah. I don't like, an, I don't tend to love arm wrestling. So I don't know that that's my, uh, it's cause you're so, it's such an odd thing and you're like on the table and you're trying to like leverage. I don't, and it's not, it's not my, it's not my favorite feet, feet of strength. I will say. I, I'm afraid that my arm will snap. <laughs> it's it's happened in like pro arm wrestling things we did an arm wrestling contest cj snapping spike's arm <laughs> snapping it in half dude we did a, a needing needing a dildo <laughs> forearm we, we to did match your dildo hip we did a listener arm wrestling contest at wip and in retrospect it was one of the dumbest decisions we ever made i can't believe we got people to sign off on it but i'm glad that nobody broke their arm this comes from Trombulation. Can we get an April Fool's Flyers pod, Mike? I, Mike, can you name I, one flyer, current flyer, not Carter Hart? No. Okay. No. I could name probably six from like 97. I was going to say historical flyers. I know you can do it. but Yeah, but no. If you do end up breaking your arm in an arm wrestling, Ricky, Ricky arm wrestling contest, you know who you call? Cornblow and Cornblow, the official law firm of the product process. Bam! There it is. Cornblow, the official law firm of the Ricky Cornblow and Cornblow. Doing, been doing the personal injury thing for 40 years. The premier personal injury law firm in the Delaware Valley. The biggest difference to me with Cornblow and the other personal injury law firms you hear about is when you reach out to Cornblow and Cornblow, you actually get the person that we're talking to. These other ones, I'm not going to say they're scams. They're not scams. But you'll hear that disclaimer at the end. I can't even practice law in your state. But call us anyway. What the fuck is that? So what it is, is they're just referral services. It's not the lawyer you see on the billboard or here in the commercial. They're not actually doing the work for you. So what are you even buying? You're just buying a referral service. When you go to Cornblow and Cornblow, you're getting the person that we're talking about, the person who is dedicated to this, the person who cares about it, has a passion for it, has some of the biggest medical malpractice results in all of Southeastern PA. That's the person we're talking about. The person who is going to sue the Ricky when you do the listener arm wrestling contest and your arm gets snapped in half by CJ. That's what we're talking about. That's if it. you have been injured in any way, hurt, and it may not be your fault. You got to reach out to Cornblow and Cornblow, whether it is slip and fall, injured at work, car accident, um, medical malpractice, whatever it is. Let him figure out if you're entitled to something. That's not on you. You just got to get hurt. Then it's on him to do the rest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that should be their tagline. You get hurt. We do the rest. If you think you might have a case, give him a call or shoot him an email. That's All you got to do, just get hurt. Get hurt. 
215-576-7200 ask for Adam. He really is a, a, a good guy and really cares about this shit and, uh, and they will take care of you. 215-576-7200 ask for Adam or email Cornblau, K-O-R-N-B-L-A-U at Cornblau and Cornblau.com. Cornblau and Cornblau, the official law firm of the process. Back to the AMA. What is the best Philadelphia sports moment you've seen in person? Spike, if it's understandably the Super Bowl for you, what is your second best? Mike, your favorite. Uh, uh, I was there for the Phillies 08 parade when Atlas uh, said world fucking champions. Ah, uh, that's a great moment. Yeah. So because I'm getting rid of the Super Bowl, which I was there for, and the NFC championship game pri- prior to that, which I was also there for, if we're going to get rid of that entire run, I've said this a million times and I will never take it back. The Lou Williams three on Easter to beat the Heat in the playoffs was the most fun thing I've ever I've ever been at. I think knowing the context of who that Heat team was at the time, like that was the the unbeatable Heat, and the fact that fucking Lou Williams just stared it down and shot a twenty seven foot three and in the fucking mug and won the game. And I had an annoying family of Heat fans behind me. Uh, it was a it was a obviously a team that was going nowhere, but it was a great moment and. Uh, and I had my wife there. We were dating. I put her in a headlock. Started smacking her ass afterwards. It was a great was moment. Pre-podcast. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I had a, with my girlfriend at the time. I was going out with her family for Easter lunch and had to like run back to my uh, apartment at college to watch the game on my laptop. I didn't like that team. Yeah, I know you didn't. I did like that team. I think that is the uh, big difference between uh, one of the big difference historically about the Sixers. I also not a huge Iverson guy, but did like that team. So Mm. Uh, this is a good one. Good Sixers. E one. It comes from King Wentz. (laughs) Underwear. It says, pretend my name is King Hertz. I don't know. That might be precarious at this point too. Who would you want this offseason next to Maxi Heald and Embiid? Assume LeBron and Paul George are off the table, free agents only. Who is in your brain? Um, I mean, I guess if it's just free agents, I guess Drew would be the answer. Would you rather have Drew or would you rather have uh, Ananobi? Um, that's a good question. I would probably rather have... Ananobi and re-signing Melton. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tough one. It is an, and you know, Siakam will be a free agent as well, but I think he's just going to re-sign there. James Harden, any interest in him? Hmm. How do you think he'd fit? Well, I think the pick and roll with he and Embiid would be pretty legendary. Interesting. Interesting. Basketball. Do you think Tobias Harris would be a better basketball player if he read less books? Non-basketball. Were you hesitant to accept DraftKings as a sponsor due to the negative effects of legalized sports gambling on the youth? Tobias, what do you think? If he read less books, would he be better at basketball? Uh, No, maybe he's reading. Maybe his strength at basketball comes from the books. Maybe Mm. he's reading about basketball technique. NBAI. Tom Tom Mamansky's (sighs) basketball how to draw, how to get how to draw a foul. NBAI turn this game into a book. Oh, that'd be so good. Pages turning. Fucking yep. Mr. Darcy dunking on my ass. Uh, as for Dress Kings, no, I was not hesitant one bit. Uh, for some reason, nobody asked this question about like alcohol or like fried food that obviously are bad for people that are associated with negative things that uh, that people have 
you know, control of. I, I think uh, DraftKings, like when you think about it this way, DraftKings does not benefit from having people's like lives ruined due to gambling. They benefit from you using it responsibly, which I think people can. I think there are obviously for certain people negative things associated with it. But I think that same thing about alcohol, I think about it, we have a pretty fat country and um, like in, in a negative health way and we continue to, you know, I, I think knowing about the dangers of it, I think when you're talking about the youth, I think their parents have to understand that it is, it is a threat, but there's a, a lot of things there. So I think plenty of people can gamble responsibly and have a good time with it. Um, and there is a small percentage who cannot, which I think there are, um, but I think they know about that and they care about that and it doesn't benefit them for that to happen either. So didn't think twice about it. Um, uh, from wrongness Maximus 2.0 in your view which recent villain associated with the Sixers is the most despicable of the last 15 years my Rushmore is Simmons Doc Harden and Bynum in no particular order long collar is a dishonorable mention love the show guys you're doing God's work oh I mean the Colangelo's gotta be up I would not yeah. I would disagree with that I would um, give them one fucking despicable ugly face I would combine Jerry like NBAI make one face for Brian and Jerry so I can put it on Mount Rushmore yeah that'd be good yeah Ben um, has to be up there yeah it's all it all it all like mixes in with each other you know yeah you can't you can't separate it um it's it's like it's not like how in the show Dexter, when each season had like a new villain, right. that was like the bad guy that you're going after. Like they're all sort of like intermixed together. Um, but, you know, I got to go with the, the Colangelo family. Yeah, I, I think so. I think that would probably, I, I actually can't think of anybody worse. Um, I think yeah, everything, I mean, every they, they are the, everything is based off of how much, better were they than the Colangelos. You know, I think they were the worst. He, they, Jerry Colangelo, I don't know if anyone remembers this, Mike, I don't know if you remember it. Let's hear it. I was about to do the same thing. You go okay. for it. Well, so Sam Hinkie was the president of basketball operations for the team and they oh. hired Jerry Colangelo as an advisor who then got Hinkie fired and hired his own son <laughs> to run the team. I don't know if you remember that. Of all the people available, huh. He just hired his own son who didn't huh. even have a job at the time. Hmm. Yeah. Do you remember that? I, I've, it rings a bell. Uh, he hired his own son. Yes. Doc, Doc Rivers at least had the integrity to hire himself. Yes. Yeah. Oh, well. And Jerry wasn't even, wasn't even there. He was no. in Phoenix. He, he didn't even go to the interviews. He didn't think it was fair. He, this, what's, uh, actually, that's a good reminder. He what recused don't, himself so bad. Yeah, so recused he himself. Was like, I was... Totally not a part of it at all. Yeah. I, I think what you have to realize about this is though Jerry Colangelo, who is Brian Colangelo's father, was there and was an advisor to ownership, ownership instead went and did 50 interviews. And of every- uh, No, no, no. 75. 75 interviews. And of the people they interviewed, it just happened to be that Jerry Colangelo's unemployed son was the best choice out of everybody. Well, they didn't even know that it was him because they just had him as Brian C. And how could they have known- <laughs> That it was the same guy. 75 interviews. I think that's the number of NBA teams that reached out to Doc Rivers to try to coach them this year. Yes, yes. Uh, very impressive. And that's just how it goes. That's yeah. just business. That's just, that's just smart business. From you know Lickface, do you brush your teeth in the shower? I do. I started uh, doing it about six years ago. Yes. Yes, yeah. I do. Yeah, it saves time. 
Um, Spike, what made you choose to come back, choose to come back to Philly? Were you tired of faking caring about New York sports or is being program director just too stressful? Uh, when you're program director, you actually, doesn't matter who you're a fan of. You're not like on the radio anyway. Uh, opportunity to work with Jack and work with Ike and be on WIP was number one. Number two is getting to wake up later and being a program director is very stressful, more stressful than I could have ever imagined. So I am. I made a decision to have fun, which is not a decision I oftentimes make. No way you wake up later. I'm going to wake up later. Eight hours. I told my wife last night, I am sleeping eight hours a night. I will go to sleep at 11 and wake up at seven and sleep eight hours. It's going to wait till you see how fucking good looking I'm going Bullshit. to be. Bullshit. You this, wake up at seven, not a chance in goddamn hell. Me and CJ have gotten emails from you at fucking like one in the morning, my time too yep. often. There's no way your body's I, broke. Your dildo hip is too used to it. There's not a chance. I'm telling you. Chance. I'm from my sleep. I'm going to look so good. We're going to need to buy a $2,000 camera to show how good looking I look right. for how, how much right. I'm going to sleep. Have to prove it. Gray hair is going to turn back brown. Uh, from Fresh Prince 4820, who would you rather have for a playoff run with this team, Doug Collins or Glenn Rivers? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, I, it's I, Rivers. Really? I was yeah. going to say for one year, probably Collins, because I do think that he is like a psycho basketball freak. Yes. That even if I disagree with his principles, he has them and will w was sometimes good at ring, ringing out any singular advantage, whereas Doc is sort of just like, let our good guys play. Yeah, I, I do think like at a certain point, though, having I, that's why Doug was like a floor raiser type yeah. guy. No, I agree with that. Yeah. So we don't I pick, need to. I would pick neither of them. But if, yes. if I tried to win a game, I do think Doug at least is um, has tries hard. Yeah, tries hard, has tries too hard, yeah. and has has like basketball ideas and concepts. Whereas I think Doc is just like everybody else. Doc's just like hierarchy. He's just mm -hmm. like do hierarchy, and everybody buy in to that. From C Corral twelve, who would win a team Ricky dunk contest on an eight foot rim and a Ricky three point contest? I don't know. We gotta. We, first of all, we're still waiting for till the end of Black History Month for Dan Ollinger to finish his <laughs> the Black Ecos. History Month challenge. The Black History Month challenge for Dan Ollinger. Um, haven't seen Zoe Dunk MOC. Haven't seen him. So we have to we have to see. But I, you know, MOC not, was a good basketball player, from what I understand. We're not getting more athletic. No, as the podcast goes on. No, that's for, for sure. sure. Do you think you would make the 35 of 50? I know we've talked about this from the free throws. Would you make the 35 of 50 with the camera on you shooting 50 straight? Probably not. With the camera on, no, I, I would choke. I would choke for sure. Would you rather your own dog have a human penis or Mike with a dog penis? Mm. It's a weird question. What do I care what Mike's penis is? Yeah. I would rather Mike have a dog penis, actually. Wow. Yes. Rude. <laughs> Sorry. Extremely rude. No, it'd be pretty fun to have a red rocket. Um, that just that everyone's very upset by, um, but I guess I guess dog human penis. What I, I would go with, I guess I guess I guess I go with Spike's dog having a human penis probably oh, would be my pick. I gotta walk around with rebels. I gotta walk them with you. the guys got a human penis hanging there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, from Saint Christian basketball question: Would you bring Tobias Harris back on a Kelly Oubre esque minimum contract? Non basketball question: Would you rather be fluent in every language or be able to read people's mind? 
definitely so, flew in every language. Reading people's minds sounds like a fucking nightmare. Sounds like a nightmare. Yeah, I don't um, want to know what people are thinking. Uh, there's no way Tobias gets a minimum contract. I think he'll probably end getting a contract somewhere else in the 20, 25 million range. Oh, no year. chance. I think, you don't he's, think he gets 20, 25? Nope. Oh, I disagree. I maybe now, maybe like, you get a bad team who's desperate. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I think okay. some, I think some team will give them like three. 75 370 something like that and that's not that much like of the cap anymore you know right. as, as going yeah. forward so um and as far as you know all the if, if teams just want to like professionalize their operation then then Tobias would be a great fit i i i think <laughs> tobias I think the would doc do of players sure i yeah. think doc would do it or sorry daryl would do it for the right price depending on the other guys but i don't think that he wants to yeah, and I, I also don't would rather move on. I him. also don't think Tobias on this team would be best starting, to be honest with you. I think he would be best as a bench player, and Tobias is not coming off the bench, I don't think. I think Tobias would rather... Tobias has done, at least in his mind, a lot of doing what the other teams need. I think he wants to go to Daddy Touch USA, wherever that <laughs> is, next year. Indianapolis. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you, Spike, used to have Mike call in when you filled in as a late night host on WIP? Feel like I remember this, but could be a fever dream. Yeah. Yes, Mike did call in. It's yes. actually, if you go far enough back on the Ricky podcast feed, it is there. The yeah. old WIP shows are there. The Mike Collins are there. So Yeah, I was in, uh, as an assistant at Helmet Mother, I was sneaking into the writer's offices <laughs> at night while I was printing scripts to deliver, um, to call WIP. It was a weird time. From Stonewall 999 for a playoff run, assuming healthy and in their prime, would you rather have AI and Dikembe or Embiid and Maxi? Uh, prime Dikembe. Prime AI. Prime AI. I think it's, prime I take AI. Prime Embiid because Prime Embiid is better than Prime AI. I think that that's right. I think Embiid would probably, because of his, and I think Embiid would pro- Probably cooked Dikembe pretty good. Dikembe was not fluid on the perimeter. He was a center for the time of yeah. his, you know, sort of the, the the last center who was sort of that sort of guy was Hibbert. You remember Hibbert was such a, like a stalwart yeah. defensively. And then all of a sudden he like, he couldn't play anymore. Like the three point revolution changed defense for a lot of, a lot of centers. So yeah. I'd probably go now. Um, from VQC 87, does Mike ever read a show rundown before recording? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Um, from Schnub, since Mike- Do I read it all? No. I mean, it's crazy. I also don't want to read the emails at the bottom because I don't want to, I want to be- Prepared. Surprised by them in in the moment. Since Um, Mike- I'll I'll look around. Since Mike is so good at basketball, what retired NBA player could he beat in a game of one-on-one right now? Alternative, hypothetically, how old would Robert Covington have to be before Mike, at his age now, could beat Rocco in a game of one-on-one? Never. Covington, too much length, deflections. Yeah. He would always get me. I would say early 70s, late 60s is what well, we would Well, I don't know. My, you know. my dad's 71, <laughs> still playing. Yeah. If, if, if Rocco can play, keep up like my dad. My dad has really done a great job of, he was never that good of a player, but he was always high effort, high motor, mm-hmm. and... Uh, a real acceptance of his role mm. and has just 
he's plat- he's plateaued for so long, although he would tell you he's getting better because he's practicing more since the pandemic. Um, but like all the other guys that used to be better than him when in like high school, 20s, 30s, they're now I, they're not not playing anymore. So he has outlasted all of them. So maybe that maybe that would be me and Robert Covington at that at that stage. <laughs> I would just outlast him because of my 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 genes. Um, who would I beat right now? I would love to like Re- retired NBA player now. Yeah, yeah. I would love to like smoke Jerry West. That'd be fun. CJ does note that Bob Cousy is alive and he is ninety five years old. Yeah, I mean, but Bob Cousy in blue chips. Didn't yes, miss, didn't was not missing, and he was old then. So I still think Jerry West would cook you. He's a, he's like he's got a real attitude, and I don't well, think he, yeah, for sure. But there's no way that guy is moving his feet on the perimeter. There's how old no is way. Jerry West? Do we think eighty? Jerry, eighty-five. West. He's eighty-five. Yeah, there's no way. <laughs> Do you think there's we no could way. line that up? He would probably like take if I get close enough, take one swing at me, and the game will be over. <laughs> um, but. But yeah, he's not moving his feet. Come on, come on, Jerry. Would Embiid have less in- injuries if he got more good night sleeps on a human-sized Big Barker bed? Could be, yeah. Yeah. Spike, do you wear slides at home? I have plantar fasciitis. Do you think it helps? Uh, I don't wear slides. I now wear in-house sneakers that never touch the outside. They're the same running shoes that I wear outside, Brooks, but I don't wear slides. Um, on the latest pod, you said no one in the East really scares you. What makes the un-Celtics, uh, make, what makes the Celtics unscary in your opinion? Please be as detailed as possible. I want to be unafraid. At least my opinion on, I don't know what yours is. My opinion on why the Celtics are unscary is two-pronged, not one more important than the other, but one, what's his name? Uh, Porzingis is incredibly important to them and he's hurt all the time. It's funny to say, you know, whatever, but is what it is. And the second thing is they still do not have like a real perimeter creator type person. Like there's so many step backs and, you know, fall away jumpers. I just think if they, I think if they go cold, we've seen this historically, by the way, we saw it in the heat series. If they go last year, they go cold for two or three games. They're just fucking cooked, I think. So they're really, really good, but I don't think they're scary. Yeah. I, the, the thing that we've been saying for now, six or so years is we will have the best player in the series. Yeah. And so if you, that <laughs> you sound so beaten down, when you I'm say pretty that. beaten down by it, but, uh, I'm, no, I'd be scared of, I would not pick us in a Boston series, but, um, but yeah, the Porzingis injuries, some like if they go cold and in, in like the difficult shot making situation, you know, I, I do think that I, as much as I really love and adore, adore Derek White, I do think they're, they're going to miss some like Marcus Smarty moments on, on defense without, without him this year. And Drew is very good as well. So it's not going to be much, but I think there's something about, smart that sort of like tied it all together for them and i wonder in uh in the playoffs if 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 they'll if they'll feel that absence do you think milwaukee bucks would be better today if they had mike budenholzer and drew holiday rather than doc rivers and dame lillard yeah clip that put it on the internet get it on the 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 bucks reddit i just want them to see that i knew what you were going to say i think the same thing i just wanted i wanted somebody to say it so good yeah i mean i just think that you know, there's the there's a there's a side by side of Dame and wins versus Dame and losses, and like when he is not shooting out of his mind, they lose. 
like as good as Giannis is. They lost the, that that Memphis game. Giannis missed two shots. Yeah, <laughs> and then they lose because Dame is so bad defensively. And uh, Giannis and is a little they, overrated too. Man, it's a little overrated. That's all. It's not super overrated, but it's a little overrated. Well, uh, I, I I would love to see it. Honestly, like got no bag. It's there's too much. I, I've always wanted to see a Sixers Bucks playoff series. Yeah, um, with Embiid and Giannis going at each other. I the, the fact that Doc Rivers is another coach, like honestly, makes it like to like the surface of the sun level hot for me. Like I wish that it wasn't <laughs> the case because like on, truly, if they lose, like I, my I will go up in flames. Like it will be rough, but uh, but I would love to. I would love to see it. I think it'd be a really fun. Fun watch, and I, I, you know, I'm not that I'm looking forward to Brooke Lopez fucking destroying, <laughs> shooting, every, shooting a thousand twenty three for twenty six during the block, series from three, every single shot. Yeah, Maxi just getting absolutely erased at the rim over and over again because Brooke Lopez is so good. <sighs> I don't know. Uh, a couple more uh, from Nittany Lion fifteen. If for whatever reason a Jimmy Butler reunion became an option this off season, would you want that to happen? Yes. Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, now. That contract, whatever you give him, is not going to age well. He's 35. He's got a lot of miles on him. He misses a lot of games um, through injury, but beggars can't be choosers. Like, if the option is that or signing fucking DeMar DeRozan, I'll take Jimmy Butler. So, uh, Your dad is insistent and brings it up every weekend that Halliburton was on the table for Simmons. However, Mark Stein reported that the Kings never put Halliburton on the table for a Simmons trade. What do you guys know? I don't think... They, they- they claim that it, there, there's not, it's not a black and white thing. I think a lot I of the agree. time. Yeah. Um, I think people, it wasn't like they were holding two offers in their hands, like piece of paper. And they just said like, do the hardened one. I think if, if, if because of what Halliburton was eventually traded for in Sabonis, who was good and obviously is now way better than Simmons, but at the time was not, considered so much more so much better uh well he got traded like like here here's the things that we do know he did get traded and he got traded for demonis sabonis mm-hmm. right so he was available <laughs> he he could have been had and it would have been for less than the simmons plus two picks plus drummond and seth curry trade that they eventually did for harden they fucked up they fucked up yeah they should have pushed up. they put, should have pushed harder for it and I think the I think the Embiid timeline, especially that time, everyone sort of treating Joel like the end of his career or the end of his prime was sooner than it looks like it will be. Um, I think caused that decision. If they had known at the time that Joel was going to be obviously he's hurt right now, um, but if they had known that he would be this kind of player or that kind of player at that time for like the next five years, then maybe they would have done it. But I think they maybe thought like ticking time bomb. We just got to, we got to go right now. But uh, obviously it was the wrong decision. I wanted Halbert. And then um, we talked ourselves into Harden because it was Harden. Did we talk ourselves into fucking, we talked ourselves into Al Horford. Like, what do you want from us? We can or, talk, we can talk ourselves into anything. That's, yeah. this is ultimately a podcast of people who want to believe in the Sixers. Look, if we couldn't talk ourselves into things, we wouldn't be doing the podcast anymore. No, and that's why after the, a, a Sixers loss to the Doc Rivers Bucks, would I wouldn't be able to do it anymore. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to talk myself into anything. 
Wouldn't be able to talk myself into waking up in the morning. Wouldn't be able to happen. Two more. From CW338, is this the ugliest roster we've had in the Embiid era? The likes of Kenny Lofton, Campaign, and Buddy are really bringing down our average handsomeness. He's oh, not the best-looking Sixers roster. I don't think Buddy's ugly. He's distinct-looking, but I don't think he's ugly. Cam's not a good-looking guy. Yeah, Kenny Lofton. If Kenny, I don't know. No fans. I'm, you know, I'm not saying anything about myself. I'm just talking about them. Um, it's not the best-looking. It's not roster. the best, but you know, Kelly, Kelly, and Embiid, and Maxi, and I would say Melton, Tobias, handsome man. There's, there's still you know, Batum, good-looking guy. There's still like a and French, and French, mm. but I think. Yes, and compared to past years and with some with some clunkers in there, for sure. I think you could say, and that's good. Stop and, being so hot. And finally, from Star City, uh, I need help planning my brother's bachelor party. Any ideas? Uh, no. Yeah. My, my, I didn't want to do like a crazy bachelor party. I just like, had some friends over to like a random uh, lake house in Virginia. Yeah, my... We, we threw stuff from a balcony to uh, the lake below. We spent like four hours just throwing shit. Oh, that sounds fucking fun, actually. Yeah. We got yeah. a, my buddy Ben, who's actually staying here now, got, um, we almost used a. I didn't even go to the wedding. We, <laughs> it was a small wedding. We didn't, we got a, uh, for, for the, my Young Rock episode, there was a version for one of them, there was a version of it where there was a, um, hot dog launcher in in the episode and then it ended up getting cut before it got, got shot or anything but it got me thinking and so then i was like we should get a hot dog launcher and so ben got a hot dog launcher and brought it to the to the bachelor party and so we were just launching hot dogs from the balcony of this like cabin to the lake like so hundreds feet below it was awesome we just did that it was it was dumb it was it was boys being boys stuff we we did not do crazy stuff my brother we just ate a lot of food. We went to two separate dinners. Went to Amada. I was not vegan at the time. Went to Amada. I think we went to Pod. And then we went to Hopsing Laundromat, my favorite bar. I felt totally disgusting. And then the next morning, my brother arranged for a Sriracha food truck to meet us in the parking lot of the link. And we ate even more food. So it was a lot of eating at there the time. Go. And I love Hopsing Laundromat. So I don't, I don't have any good ideas. Just... You know what? Uh, this is my my advice. Don't overdo it. My, like, have fun with the people who you're there for. Like, I think ultimately it's a, f- a fun time with your friends. And uh, if you overdo all the, like, the crazy nonsense, I don't know. I'm just not that kind of person. So, I don't know. Fucking go to 18 strip clubs, I guess. I don't know if there that's you your thing, too. So, all right. Our next pod will be Thursday, right? Thursday night. Thursday after the next game. Thursday after the next game, we'll be at the stateside bar. Maybe you'll be able to hear us. Maybe you won't. CJ and I have been going over with the stateside folks. If if we can be on the PA, everybody might have to sit very quiet like they did in the hallway of the hall of the Minnesota hotel years ago to hear us. But we will be there after the game, and uh, and we hope to see you there. That's it. Are you done with TTP? Yeah. You no. If you don't fuck with me. Then I, then I won't fuck, fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. But if you fuck with me, I'm gonna fucking kill you! That's a friend.